tended to come with hat in hand. I just have to be so grateful. But it's a balancing act of, you know, letting your light shine and taking chances. Hello and welcome to The Mental Game of Musical Theater. I'm your host, David Eggers. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I went on a bit of a hiatus. Life happened, holidays happened, but we have returned and I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get to the long-awaited episode two of my dear friend, Andre Ward. I feel like your confidence has grown over the course of your career and yes. over your involvement as a person too yeah. and as an artist. Yes. I feel like you exude so much more confidence now. You appear to be so much more comfortable owning who you are. Yes. That has come in the last, I guess, ooh, 10, maybe actually probably five to seven years, really. I did Rock of Ages for six years. Amazing, um, by the way. For That's... the full six years it was on Broadway. Incredible. And I did Something Rotten after that. And then, um, and then I did Escape to Margaritaville. And in Escape to Margaritaville, I had had locks. When you first knew me, I had locks. Mm -hmm. And then I cut them off and um, because I wanted to be more malleable. Uh... I cut them off because I wanted people to be able to see me for who whatever they wanted to see me as. I didn't want to be too specific. That's literally why. Uh, I remember I was like, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm only getting, you know, auditions for pimps and drug dealers with these locks. And so I have to, you know, I, I have to cut them off. And so I shaved my head and shaved my, and, um, shaved my face. And then during a save to Margaritaville, I was playing Jamal, the um, Jamaican dishwasher. Um, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and, um, you know, I love that company. I love the writers. I loved Timmy Buffett was amazing. was such a beautiful, beautiful human being. And the producers were just great. It, it's just, there was, a, there was a little bit, it was so bizarre. You know, it was like, ooh, you know, it was like, don't y'all see a little bit? It's a little problematic. Yes. Looking at it now, we all have a little bit better vision and we can see yes. how problematic that yes. is. Yes. But I remember during that, I, you know, was playing this Jamaican dishwasher. And so I decided I wanted to lock my hair again. He's Jamaican and works at this hotel. And then after that show ended prematurely, I decided to keep it. I was like, I'm going to keep my locks. I want them. I like them. It was like in that way of just, I mean, it was out sort of outside in. It was like, oh, I'm going to just start being more comfortable with me and what I want and what I wear. And I'm not going to skirt around like Oh, Andre, are you dating? Yes, I'm dating. I'm dating a lovely man. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to try to be circumspect. And and it was right after Margaritaville I got Murphy Brown. And it was a one episode. Uh, it was supposed to just be one episode. It lasted 13 episodes, and I did 10 out of the 13. Also because it was just like, oh, I need to be more comfortable with me. And Katie Fennerin and Matt Wall. I just And I, I say names because they're, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful gift. They both gave me. And I don't know if you want, because, you know, I see I tell stories. It's, tell it's, me that you can story. No, come on. They had hired me. I had done my one episode and then they kept bringing me back. I'd done like two or three episodes, I think, at this time. Katie Finneran was guesting on the show and I am a huge fan. She's just so remarkable and so funny. A cool actress that makes amazing choices. This was like, I think it was like on a Wednesday we were doing like our run through for the producers, the director, writers. I just had been like looking at her all week, like, oh God, I just, I've never, I haven't talked to her yet. <laughs> and, uh, I, they were doing something else that didn't involve us. And I just, I said, um, um, excuse me. Hi. 
um, I'm, I'm Andre. And she goes, yeah, I know. You, we've been working here all week. So I was like, I just, you know, I know people, some people get weird about this and that, but I just want to let you know that I'm a huge fan. I saw you in Noises Off. And I mean, you were so funny. And I just, you, your work in that show, I am such a, I'm a huge fan. And I go, I know people, some people, she goes, okay, number one, first of all, anyone who tells you that they don't want to hear how great they are is a friggin' liar. <laughs> She goes, so thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And I said, oh, I go, oh, okay, cool. And she said, if I can say something to you. And I said, sure. And she goes, I watched you do the scene just a bit ago. And she goes, "Um, I'm not trying to give you a note. She's so kind. She goes, but you're acting like you need them. I said, I'm sorry. She said, you're acting like you need them. And you know what? They need you. They need you here. So start acting like they need you here because that's what it is. They need you. So create your character. What does he do? Where does he go when he leaves here? What is he like? She's like, I know you only have a couple of lines. Whatever you decide right now will inform those couple of lines that you have. She goes, I just want to say, just think about that before we do this, before you do the scene again. And I said, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And I did. I thought about it and we went over it and we did the scene again. And it was for... Diane English, who created Murphy Brown and all the writers and, you know, studio people. And I said my few lines, I said my last line, and it stopped the rehearsal. <laughs> they laughed so hard. Really? And they started to clap. Yeah. And it was because of building out the rest of, like, this yeah. character? Yeah. And I stopped being afraid. Yeah. And I took in, what if they need you? What if you're a part of this? What if you're a necessary part? Yeah of this show and not just an appendage that they could cut off at any time. And she was so integral in that for me. And then Matt Wall, beautiful, yes, I love Matt. sweet man. Mm-hmm. They used to do this um, at the end of every taping. We would go across the street to celebrate taping. I never went. I go home. I don't, you know, I don't go out. And it was during this show, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, and Matt had said, I was like, oh, Matt's like, okay, well, let's go on over to the thing. And I was like, oh, you go ahead. I'm not going to go. I don't, I don't go. You know, we all, we all did Saturday Fever with Matt. Um, <laughs> and he said, Andre, this is still part of your job. To go over and just be with the company is still part of your job. Uh. And it just was that day that I, you know, stopped, the, you know, we'd now done the we done it for the for his live studio audience, and it did the same thing. It stopped the show. Incredible. And they all clapped. They all, the, the whole studio audience clapped. And so I went over, and one of the head writers stopped me, and he goes, Andre, thank you so much. Now we know what you do. So now we can start to write for you. Wow. I, I just got chills. I didn't have a name before that. No way. Before that show. And then the next episode, I got a name. I started getting more things to say, yeah. more things to do. By the end of the season, I had a name, a dressing room, a, a pretty much kind of a permanent dressing room. It's so funny because you and, and TV, you, you see, you know, it's like I was starting to get my hair done by the people who did all the other series regulars. Uh-huh. I was a recurring person, but it was like, oh, now they know me. Yeah. It's just a change a change in perspective. Yeah. Owning who you are. Mm-hmm. And that you are there for a reason. Yes. Because I think oftentimes, I know that I was a person that was, I tended to come with, you know, sometimes hat in hand, or just, I'm, I just have to be so grateful 
And it's a balancing act, you know, because now we always hear about shine your light. Don't let anybody, you know, dim your light. Right. You right, know? right. Don't let them tell you to dim your light. Uh, <laughs> but it's a balancing act of, you know, letting your light shine and taking chances. I didn't know how I would be received. Yeah. And not being afraid to hear, oh, hey, back off from that. Right. Or maybe try this. Or under, we're going to cut that and not get butthurt about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but taking the opportunity because... Most of the time with television things, it's rough because I still don't have the mastery of that. And I'm nowhere. I mean, I've never been a series regular on anything. I've been recurring on on some things and that's been nice, mm-hmm. but it's not something I'm amazingly comfortable with. But taking that risk and yeah. being courageous enough to try something. For me, it was easier to do when I was young because I didn't know any better. Right. Uh, now that I'm older and I know the business and I know time is money uh-huh. and I know how, uh, you know, how the the business works and how, you know, personality quirks. And it's like, okay, am I still going to have the courage to be seen? Mm. I know things got tougher for me with the older I got because I had bigger bills to pay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like, oh, it's like, oh yeah, now I have this. I'm not just trying to pay for, you know, my McDonald's meal <laughs> and quarters for my laundry. Like now I actually, like I have an apartment now mm-hmm. that is mine and uh, I have lots of bills to pay and taxes and there's lots of things, mm-hmm. you know, as you build your life. Yeah. Ooh, child, you better, come on, help me. There's <laughs> lo- there's, well, there's lots more to lose when I'm young and I get to the city. Well, for me, it didn't matter how many chances I took. I didn't have anything to lose. Had everything to gain and nothing to lose. Right. And the more career you build, the more life you build, the more there is to lose. That's it right there. You still have to have the courage to be. Mm-hmm. Well, you have shown great courage because look how long your career already has been. I mean, you you are an example of longevity in this business. And that mm-hmm. is another question I wanted to ask you about too is, and you kind of alluded to it at one point, so I don't want to... I don't want it to sound like I wasn't listening because obviously I was, Mm. but how has your definition of success changed over the years? So in the beginning, you wanted to be that star, right? Yeah, big old star. Big old star, but at some point, (laughs) your idea of success has evolved in some way, somehow, right? Yeah, I got the opportunity to see lots of people who were stars, who were amazing, have beautiful, huge lives, on TV, in movies, stars. I was like, oh, that's a big old life that I don't know that I could handle. Mm. Like, let me be honest with myself. You know, I was like, oh yeah, I can do it. You know, I'll, you know, I'll figure it out when I get in it. And then I saw other people maneuvering their lives in stardom. And I'm like, that's, that's amazing. I don't know if that is what I would like. And then I saw this documentary called That Guy Who. It was on Showtime years ago, and it was all about character actors. Then they made a, another version called That Gal Who, all about character actors in the business. And it's always people who you know from movies and from television, and you know their face, but you don't necessarily know who they are. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's what I want. I was actually on a date, like last week, and we came out of this cute little restaurant and this guy was you know it's new york city so i'm like why is he looking at me but i was just like i'm not gonna pay attention (laughs) and he came up to me and he goes hey he goes um pose and i said yes yes he goes that's what that's what's up that's what's right that's what's up and he gave me a fist bump and i was like thank you i was like yeah i i and i 
I liked my work on that show. Uh-huh. It was so fun. But yeah, I mean, you can't always control that. You can't control what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. You know, and I'm pleased. It's not like, oh, I'm going to turn down this starring role and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. But I have loved my career and I have loved becoming, oh, yeah. Are you that guy who, Yeah, that's been really beautiful for me. Yeah, what a wonderful life. Yeah, because I still get to go to the grocery. Just it was like maybe five or six years ago. I was like, I would, I would love to have a comfortable life, you know, in however many years, be able to retire nicely, mm-hmm. comfortably, mm-hmm. be able to go on a couple of vacations a year mm-hmm. and do really good work, but still be able to go to the grocery store. Right. You know, and nobody digging through my trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Those poor star people, they got to deal with that. I mean, it's amazing. And the people that I know that are really like household namey famous love, love, love their lives. And I mean, I don't know if I would love it or not love it, but I mean, I I really like my life now. Uh Uh-huh, good. And I like the things that I'm getting to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, Moulin Rouge has been a really big gift. Pose is really a really big gift. I didn't see Moulin Rouge coming. I didn't see Pose coming. I didn't see Murphy Brown coming. Hmm. I'm grateful for it all. Mm -hmm. You know, if I get a... Golden Girls, I get to be like Estelle Getty and Golden Girls for like seven years. It would be thrilling. Right. But if it doesn't happen, that's okay too. That's okay too. <laughs> but now I'm thinking some producer should hear this and like boot a new show uh, in which you're <laughs> one of the golden guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for addressing that question. Uh, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about, for those who don't know you, Andre, how would you... Uh-huh. How would you describe your identity? I'm a black queer actor professionally. Yeah, yeah. And for a long time, for, I mean, <clears throat> just until recently, I think I wouldn't have ever said it. Mm. But I look, oh, you know who's someone who, I mean, he's getting ready to be like probably a household name, but he's someone I I worked with a few years ago. Um, God, I just, I'm just a name dropper, just purse, just out of my mouth, I just names, that. names, names. It's so silly. <laughs> but it's, the, I, I, I say them because it's all in love and, mm-hmm. and amazing things. Yes. Um, I feel that from you. But I got a chance to do Coleman Domingo's show uh. that he wrote called Dot. Uh. And Coleman Domingo is an actor. I, I mean, it's, he's utterly otherworldly to me because, you know, there are those people that do one thing. One do one thing well. He can. It feels like he could do anything. He's brilliant. He does so much, and he's a black queer actor that was never in the closet. Always posed on red carpets with his husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, but never. It was just never a thing. Yeah. And I got the opportunity to work with him and be directed by him, and that was such a beautiful opportunity. He's a person who, up until probably now that he's probably he's probably going to get nominated for an Oscar soon. Exciting. Yeah, but he knows and has worked with everyone Mm. and he does so much and does so much well and has a beautiful varied amazing career Mm -hmm. and gets the opportunity to do so so much and when i look at being comfortable in who you are so then able to really play anything i look at him because he's so so secure and so grounded in who he is that he can then put his fingers 
into any character and become it. What a great example of someone to emulate or or take yes. strength from. Yes. I mean, we were, we had never really, we'd been around one another for years, but never, ever gotten a chance to work each other. I would only be able to say, oh, hey, Coleman, that's really it. And then I walked into the audition and he's like, oh, hi, Andre. It's like, we, you know, he was doing Passing Strange when I was doing Xanadu. And I finished auditioning for him and he just said, he goes, Andre had no idea you could do that. Oh. And I said, oh, it just made, <laughs> makes me want to cry now because it's such a huge compliment coming from him and it's humbling. Mm -hmm. He humbles me. Mm. His humility, strength, and work ethic humbles me. Mm still to this day. So your own comfort with your identity and how you did describe yourself, has that identity impacted your experience in this industry? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, most definitely, because I, I, it's like I could have it, but not talk about it. So I didn't think, and it's not like nobody knew. It's not like, oh, you know, but it was something you're not, you weren't really supposed to say or let be even seen. And even when I first got to the city, I was like, oh, I'm probably getting this job because back in the day I had lots of big muscles. <laughs> And <laughs> I probably look more what people quote unquote would think of as a manly person, mm. dancer, mm. than maybe someone else. Mm -hmm. I would try to lean into that as much as I could. Right. It's not a big leap to know that I'm a queer man, but it's taken a long time for me to just to, to shed my own judgments on it and be comfortable in myself. Mm -hmm. Once I got more comfortable with me is when stuff started to actually happen, yeah. really happen. Hey, this is David popping in here to let you know I'm also working on a book all about the mental game of musical theater, and I'd love for you to check it out. Head over to profeggers.com. That's P-R-O-F-E-G-G-E-R-S.com for information and to be one of the first to get your hands on this book. It's going to help you as you prepare for, pursue, and build your career in musical theater. I appreciate you checking it out, and I appreciate you being here, so let's get back to the episode. I think things have changed quite a bit since you and I entered Most the definitely. business. Yes. Yeah, because I remember dealing yeah. with that in the beginning as well. You know, I totally knew who I was, but I wasn't sure that other people would want to know that about me. Mm. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And now I think, thankfully, we as a society have evolved enough that people entering the business today are encouraged to be who they are even more yeah. so than we were i think even though people said it i think to us <laughs> i don't think they meant it in quite the same way as they do now yeah and and just because i know i'm a black queer actor doesn't mean that I always have to play queer parts or always have right. to, play. I mean, I'm playing Toulouse Lautrec right now in Moulin Rouge, who is, who's secretly, not so secretly actually in love with Satine. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing experience for me. Yeah. And it's not something, you know, and in Pose, I was playing a, you know, queer MC with, um, and, you know, and Billy is just a, a gift. Mm -hmm. I understudied him in a regional production of Jelly's Last Jam. Wow. And then we got a chance to work together in Pose. And he was so kind and such a good example. I remember at once he, at one point, he just said, you know, he's like, I waited 30 years to get here. I'm not gonna mess it up now. He was so kind and generous and sweet on set. I can't remember what number he was in the call. He probably too, probably like right after MJ. But, you know, he could have acted any way he wanted to act. Right. 
and people would have put up with, you know, right. but he, there was nothing to put up with. He was generous. I love that. Yeah. Well, what about being black in the business? How has that impacted your career? I was so used to being, cause I went to private schools my whole life. So I was always used to being one, one of, one of three one of two, me or just me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I went to Utah and was really used to just being one of, there was, there were three of us, really two, two black men in the musical theater department, mm -hmm. and then three black people in the theater department. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so when I got to New York, and like the first two big jobs I got were Dreamgirls and Ragtime, it was actually the first time in my life that I had been around that many black people in a professional setting. So it was a great education to me, for me. Mm. And it's been tricky in the business because especially when I was younger, because I, I didn't always have the courage. So when people, you know, made off color comments, I just laughed and giggled and went along a lot of the time mm. because I knew that that was, especially if it came from a person in the higher, you know, higher up. I didn't have the courage. Right. Or they had power in the situation. They had power. So it was like, okay, but that has definitely changed. Good. And I, and I sometimes forget that I'm the age I am and that people think of me in a certain way. And they're like, oh, you know, you're a, and I'm like, oh, am I? You know. <laughs> like a leader? Yeah. Uh-huh. I forget that because mm -hmm. I, I didn't come from one of those top schools. I didn't come to the city with an agent. And not that if I had, I would immediately be playing leads. I have no idea. Right. I love the fact that I have done every job there is to do in a production. My very first job was as, as a swing. And then which people who have the mindset to be a swing, it is amazing to me because I cried every day. I was like, oh, this is this is really hard. It's one of the hardest jobs Ever. Well, I appreciate Ever. you saying that, having swung a lot <laughs> in my life. Um, and it's good that you experienced it because a lot of people don't ever get a chance to kind of know what that's about. You've done all the different sort of le like levels of work, right? Yeah. And I feel very fortunate to have gotten that opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing gift. Getting back to being black in the business, it's interesting because I, you know, at times I feel like as far as personality, I was like, I'm not black enough for these people. I'm too black for these people. And I'm, you know, and especially nowadays, it feels like no one's ever going to be fully happy with you. Oh. And when I have become okay with that, it's made my life much easier to live. Yeah. I feel like that's <laughs> the running theme in our conversation today is that arriving at that point has done so much for you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. And uh, this is the last story, I promise. <laughs> I love your and, uh, stories. Uh, this happened not that long ago. Very recently, I was in between shows and I, I, I saw this person who I'd worked with regionally, but they're also on Broadway, pretty big name on Broadway. And we'd worked together and I hadn't seen them in a while. And <laughs> I waited for them to finish talking to who they were talking to. I was like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. It's good to see you. And they were very kind of cold, kind of standoffish with me. I was like, hey, I just want, hi, it's Andre. And they're like, yeah, I know. What's going on? I was like, you know, it's Andre. We work together at this show, blah, blah, blah. And I said the show. And um, I said, yeah, no, no, no. You cursed me out backstage. And I went, literally, I literally went like this. I went, no, uh, no, Andre Ward. Because it's like, that can't be me. I was like, no, Andre Ward. And they're like, no, yeah, you cursed me out backstage. I said, no, I don't. And I said the name of the show again. Oh and gosh. I said, are you sure you're thinking of me? Because that's, I go, child, I have an ex-husband and I never cursed him out. <laughs> so I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 
that I did not curse you out in a work situation. (laughs) We went back and forth about it for a while. And then finally, the person just was like, you know what, let's forget about it. And there's that old part of me that wanted to be like, fight for what I know is right. Mm -hmm. I need to be right with you. And I could see in this person's face that there was no way that I was going to convince them Mm. that I had not done this thing that I know I did not do. Right, right. (laughs) And so I just said, okay, let's let it be done. And then we proceeded to walk and catch up and let it bygones be bygones on something on a complete and utter misunderstanding or something. Yeah, Some misseeing, misremembering, but I know me. Yeah. That's the thing, is I know me, and I know what I would and would not do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just said, okay, all right, mm-hmm. you won't be convinced. Right. So that's okay. And anyone who knows me. Yeah, I know <laughs> so, you. So, so, yo, so I'm good. So I'm good. And and I hope you're well. And when we see, and when we see each other, I just, we wave and say hello and uh-huh. it's all fine. But you had to arrive at that point to be able to yeah. handle the situation like that. Yeah. That's really powerful. All right. Let's start to wrap this up, Andre. Okay. This has been so amazing. I want to ask you some lightning round questions here as we wrap this up. Okay. Okay. What was the last play or book that you read? Oh, The Last Son. It's a queer fantasy series. Oh, cool. Um, and I actually reading The Hanged Man. No, that's the second one that I'm reading. It's a, a trilogy. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sci-fi fantasy nerd. And oh, so, me too. And I, wanted to, and I didn't know that there was queer fantasy. During the pandemic, I just started to look up queer fantasy, Hello. queer sci-fi. Oh, how fun. If you listen to musicals, what is the last musical you listened to? The original cast album of Company. Really? I just watched the film about the making of the company album. Have you seen that documentary? I love that. (gasps) Yes, it's my favorite. I've watched it several times. I love it. Everybody's smoking. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And and the the freak out that Elaine Stritch has in the booth or the recording booth. Oh my Yes, (gasps) yes, it's amazing. And to know that, look, now we're nerding out. Um, But um, Dean Jones was supposed to go in Elaine Stritch's spot originally. But, you know, he was having some marital problems and blah, blah, blah. So he asked me to go earlier and Elaine gave up her slot. I hear, this is what I hear. Elaine gave up her slot earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. And she said, Dean can have my slot. So Dean took being alive in that spot. And then that's why Elaine, by the time she got to... It was like three in the morning. She was like, it was like three in the morning. They had been drinking. They had been smoking. Yeah. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think that's mm-hmm. what I, I I think that's what I heard. Yeah. Did you just like devour that album, that original company album when you were younger too? No, I didn't discover it until I was in college. Oh, oh well, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, it's younger because yeah. now I'm 50. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. When I was younger. And then I rediscovered it in the pandemic. I started listening to it again. That's so good. You know, I watched Seth Radetzky, of course, break uh, down the opening. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I love that. Listening for this and listening for that. I always love that. So cool. All right. Next question. Do you watch TV? Oh, I'm a TV whore. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) What shows are you hooked on right now? I just finished The Wheel of Time with Rosamund Pike on Prime. Mm -hmm. I'm currently watching Loki. I'm watching Invasion. Oh, yeah. I watched Foundation on Apple TV+. I wish I had ever got a chance to work with Lee Pace in that pilot I did, but he was in another section of the pilot, but he's so good in Foundation. Oh, cool. Um, Sci-fi. Isaac oh, Asimov, wow. yes. Don't get me started at the TV. Yeah, it's like, 
<laughs> I love TV. Okay, here's the next question. Favorite snack food? Ooh, right now I love a ruffle. Oh, I love a ruffle. Ruffle with ranch dip. Or then I'll get um a butterscotch cashew bar from Amy's Bread. Oh, yeah. It's yum. Between those two things. Because as I get older, I get more salty, crunchy. Amy's bread, so good. Lemon it's cream so pie good. and butterscotch oh. cashew bar, so good. So, for those people who don't know, <laughs> Amy's bread, their original location on Ninth Avenue. Oh, the bakery is still just there. Still there. Oh, and it's so good. Divine. Yeah. Mm. I love it. My mouth's watering. Last question in the lightning round is a little bit more stereotypical. If you could play any role on stage that you have yet to play, what do you think that would be? Ooh. If they were still doing it like the original, I would love to be the narrator, mysterious man in Into the Woods. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you like that role. Oh, I love that role. Mm. I love the, I mean, that original PBS. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times did I watch that? Oh, same. That and Sending the Park with George, I watched six million times. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you there. Oh, that'd be so great. And I think just picturing you in that role is reason enough for it to be revived yet again. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, last thing. Where can people find you online if they'd like to connect with you, Andre? It's a thing about the business that I don't do well, and I will say that. I, um, but I am on Instagram mm-hmm. at the Andre L Ward. Anywhere else? Yeah. Is that it? That's it. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you though. It's like it's a it's a, just a big chore. Some people are very good at it and love it. Yeah. There's a guy in Moulin Rouge. He and his husband are amazing at it and love it. And you can tell they love it because they do it so well, and it comes off with so much joy mm. and authenticity. Oh, that's great. It's really they really do love it. Uh-huh. It's so joyful. That's not. Yeah. That's not us though. That's not me. That's not. That's not us. <laughs> Andre, we were on here for so long. I could, I feel oh like I could gosh. talk to you all day. I love how I much know. you've shared with I us. I love talking with you. Thank you. Well, thank you for your- Thank you for making this a conversation oh. and thank you for, for putting up with my stories. Are you kidding? <laughs> I could I could listen to your stories all day long. You are a delight. I adore you. And I'm so glad thank that- you. I love you. Our paths crossed and, and we get to take this, this journey together. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Hey, thanks for being here today. If you enjoyed this episode at all, please take a moment to leave a review with high marks. You wouldn't believe how much a positive review helps this podcast to reach more people. Then head over to profagers.com to check out my book, all about the mental game of musical theater. And lastly, no matter how you spend the rest of your day, bring enthusiasm to it. You only get this day once, and life keeps getting better and better when you bring enthusiasm to everything that you get to do. Thanks again for spending part of your day with me. Until next time, this is Prof. Eggers signing out.